Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. For those of you who've been following me for a while now, you know that I am a certified health coach and I graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, also referred to as IIN. I've talked about it at length in certain blog posts, which I'll link in this episode show notes, um, also my Instagram stories. And so if you're hearing this for like the third or 20th time, I apologize. But I will say that it was definitely the number one thing that sparked my career change and really made me assess am I doing the right thing? Should I be making something of this? Is there a business out there? Um, I loved it. I really, truly enjoyed it a lot. Um, I took the one year long program, but they do now offer an accelerated six month program. The best part is that it's online, so you can really access it from absolutely anywhere. The link will be in the show notes if you're interested in checking out more on the curriculum, but I wanted to specifically mention it right now because I'm currently able to offer you all $2,000 off of your tuition when paid in full, and I believe up to $1,000 if doing payment plans. So I know it is a large expense. Um, It is something that is definitely a privilege to be able to put money towards your education. But if it's something you're interested in and you're looking for that discount, reach out to me directly over DM at Freckled Foodie or email Cameron at freckledfoodie.com and I can connect you guys with the admissions team. Hey guys, happy Friday. It's me, Cameron, here at Samsung 837. I'm here with Brianna Thompson, CEO and founder of Spiked Spin. Hello. Hello, Cameron. How are you? I'm great. It's Friday for us too. I know. It's Friday. It's cold, but it feels good today. It's good. I like am on the verge of about to go get a workout in. So I'm like excited for that. It's my first one in a week because I've been sick and I'm like in that need of sweat. I feel you a thousand percent. Yeah. I've been working out nonstop and feel like I'm getting sick. So I might take a break today, but I'm definitely running tomorrow. Yeah. Are you a big runner also? (laughs) Yes. I signed up for the Nike half. Where is that? In LA on April 5th. And then I'm doing the Brooklyn half in May. I've done that half. That's a really fun half. Everyone's been telling me that. And I'm very excited for the Nike half too, because they're just bringing it back. It's the first one in LA. So it's like a huge thing that they're doing. Um, but truthfully, I have not been running. It's just been so cold that I've been doing like a few that miles on the, the treadmill. That was the hard thing but like, with the May. Yes. But you'll be fine. <laughs> I feel like I'll be okay, but I do feel like I need to get outside and run a few yeah. times. As long as you can get to like six or seven on your own, you'll the crowd will carry you to 13. Yeah, that's what I've been having that conversation with my husband. He, he's been running and like yeah. been a champion outdoors. And I'm like, I've been doing three on the treadmill, but... I know I I I I believe in you. Maybe I'll try and run the May Brooklyn. I don't know. I did it and I loved halves, but then I haven't done them since. Anyway, we met on some panel. (laughs) Neither of us can remember. Um, It was a panel discussion. I know. And it was us and like one other female. Yeah. And I just felt like we instantly clicked talking about the kind of double life we were living of like a passion project and a corporate job. And this was, at the, I had quit. You ha- were on the precipice yep. of quitting. Yep. Valentine's Day was your official last day in the corporate yes. world. How does it feel? It literally feels amazing. It's been so freeing. It's 
honestly something that I never felt before. I've yep. always worked. Even when I was in high school, I was just that girl that like my parents would be like, you don't have to have a job. And I just am so independent that like yep. that's my personality. So as soon as I could get a job, I was working at Cold Stone Creamery. I and fucking <laughs> loved Cold Stone. It's so funny and you that I go from the that songs to yes. when you would tip the My <laughs> mom would intentionally come into the store and leave a tip yes. so that I would have to sing. Um, so she was that obnoxious I used to love mom. Cold Stone. Yes. Oh, my God. I feel like I've n- I haven't had it in, like, years. But Neither. It's not a New York thing. No. I, yeah. Yeah, that's I guess. Good. That's the, a good point. I was in, in Maryland. Suburbs. So in the suburbs yeah. of Maryland. So it worked. And since then, I've always just had, like, been an employee. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm still working. So it's definitely not a change in, like, okay, now I'm, like, twiddling my thumbs. Of course. But You're working a, harder probably than you ever have. I work so much harder. And yeah. I work all day long, every day, but with my own purpose, it feels yep. so... It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And I think there obviously are times where it does, unfortunately, feel like work, but you're so much more willing to put in like the extra hours exactly. or like the off hours. Like exactly. I've recorded episodes on Sunday nights and I'm never, I'm so excited to show up. Right. Whereas if you had told me at JP, like you have to stay until six even on a Friday, I'd be you're like, pissed. no, no, no. <laughs> No, my I'm time like, ended you don't pay me for ago. this. This my like, salary no. does not extend to these hours. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head because I always read those things that say like, if you do what you love, you don't work a day. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of not true. That's bullshit. <laughs> You're still very much working, yeah. and there are times where you still have to sacrifice. Like I might want to be with my friends, or I mm-hmm. might want to be with my husband, but whatever it is, it's like you just have a different energy and passion behind it. You know why you're doing it and it's for the benefit of yourself. So it comes from a different place, which I think is valuable. Absolutely. And I think that we're so strung up on the idea now as a generation, especially that like you have to love every second of what you're doing. And that's never a reality, even though I'm very happy with my career right now and I'm loving what I'm doing. There are days where I get very frustrated. I think that's what I loved about you from the panel is oh, that thanks. like you are so raw and that's kind of how I approach life. Yeah. And we live in a very like cuddle Filtered. times. Like yep. everyone is like, Lean into your feelings, and I'm like, yes, there are ti- that's there are times where that's necessary and self care and yep. all those things, but there are also hard days, and this is life. Like yeah. the reality is, every day is not going to be no. sunshine. And I think people who can face that adversity head on and like kind of own it, mm-hmm. that's who's going to make the change. And I feel like that totally about you. agree. Thank you. Yes, I feel the exact same way, <laughs> and I also think that facing adversity with like the attitude, like, yes, shit happens, but figure out how you're going to pivot and spin it to make it work. Exactly. Like that's in your control. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react. I could go on about that every day. I'm like, that is the key. Everyone's always like, how do you make all these things happen? And I want to give them this story of like, oh, it was so hard to balance. But the truth is it wasn't that hard for me. It's like, I think the way I approach everything is why things come a little bit more easily to me because I don't go yeah. into things expecting just like I'm not going to have to put in work or it's not going to be hard. So everything is usually less than what I've anticipated. It's like, yeah. damn, I was prepared to do like so much more and it was easier. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm good. I can handle this. I totally agree. Yeah. I'm just watching your necklace. I'm nervous. It's going to okay, <laughs> pick sorry. up on the mic. Sorry, sorry. But I love your necklace. If you hear that, it's me being it's an okay. amateur podcast. No, guest. you're not at all. <laughs> you're very comfortable on the mic and I love it. Um, But I totally agree. I think there's a balance of like sometimes we 
expect like as if everything has to be really hard work and mm-hmm. not everything has to be this right. grit, intense, <laughs> like awful experience. Right. But shit takes work. And it's not all sunshine and daisies. You have Correct. to put in the time and the effort to make things happen. And I think it's figuring out that balance of I'm willing to put in the work, but I also want to maintain sanity. a balanced mind and sanity. <laughs> yes. Which is hard to do. Yes. And I think I also appreciate life with like ebbs and flows and phases. Yep. So there are some times where I may not have that balance, but I also approach it knowing this is a season. Like this is a period. Yes. It's not going to be the next five years of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if I have a hard three weeks where I really need to get things done and I really have to just put my head down and mm-hmm. miss out on everything, I'm like, okay, but on the other side, I'm going to be doing all yeah. the things I love. It'll be fun. So it's like... I don't live in a way that I think, to your point, every day is going to be the same or every day will be perfect or every day will be terrible. It's just kind of like the beauty of life is that we get to experience all of those things and it just allows you to appreciate sometimes, be stronger sometimes. I think it's a direct correlation to working out, which is why I think Mm -hmm. I love working out and it gives me that energy because it's like a consistent reminder of how hard things can be, but how great things can be. Like yes. there's that satisfaction and that hard work mm-hmm. happening kind of all the time. I totally agree. And I've never made that connection, but that's honestly why I think I love like a good sweaty right. workout. Like right. I enjoy putting in that effort Yeah, and the feeling of endorphins and highs that I get. And I'm not saying every workout has to be like super intense. Exactly. I totally respect like certain practices of yoga and Pilates that yep. aren't as intense, but my body craves the same, intensity. Same. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I need, I think everyone always asks me to like, so with spiked spin, spin is just our first foray f- into the wellness space. Right. Um, There's into more the fitness to come. space. There will definitely be more to come. But for me, spin is like my passion because it does give me that intensity, mm-hmm. but it's still rhythmic. So it reminds me of kind of just like having fun dancing. Yeah. But I really get a workout in. So, like, I'm not a person who can just feel good with, like, oh, I just did, like, something. Like, there are days where that's necessary. But when I really want to get it in, I can go so hard in there. And I leave feeling like a champion. And I think that's why it was our first introduction to the market. Because for me, I'm, like, this is the mental tenacity that I need people to kind of be ready for. Like, yeah. You can find that balance, but never be afraid of that sweat and that intensity and allowing your mind to go there with you and know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it through the end of this class. Yes. I'm going to box after this. Yes. That's another good one. I love. I go to rumble a lot where it's like half boxing, half weightlifting, and I'm really fucking pumped. (laughs) Okay. I usually kick off every show with how would you define success, and we got deep in. So I have to, like, rewind. (laughs) Okay. But how would you define success? Right now, success to me means... Oh, God. I hate this question. I know. It's hard. It's such a hard question. It's so loaded. I would say I define success as feeling fulfilled in every area of my life. Yep. That's that's it. It's like I could overcomplicate it, but sometimes success means like hitting this number or it can mean like having a date night once yeah. a week because we're we're like in passing. But mm-hmm. it really just, for me, in this phase of my life, ask me again and maybe a different answer. But today- No, but it changes oh, all the time. Yeah. Today, I'm just going to say like feeling fulfilled in every area of my life. 
And what areas are you mainly focused on? Um, so I would definitely say family is number one for me. So mm -hmm. like my husband, my friends, my family, I just kind of group them into one. And then business is definitely two. And fortunately or unfortunately, like myself. No, just like, it you kinda, have to be. Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That'd be crazy if you weren't. I'm like, so those are the areas where I feel like when those three things are in order, mm -hmm. everything else is like... I can handle. Yeah, my friend defined it as like being in flow, quote unquote. Oh, I love and that. And she was saying, you know, when I'm, it's similar to fulfillment, when everything that's important in your life is just kind of in the right place and you that's feel exactly fulfilled, it. shit just flows. That's it. Just happens. That's exactly right. Yeah, when it's you're the in best that space, feeling, it's the best. You can. You literally feel like you can do anything. Yes, and that to me sets you up for even greater success the next level and flow, like you'll just continuously flow upwards like yes. if that makes sense absolutely yeah. so can you give us a little backstory on what spiked spin is Absolutely. For those who have not heard of it. Yes. If you have not heard of Spike Spin, hi, I'm Brianna. <laughs> um, but Spike Spin is a lifestyle wellness brand that I created to provide access and education to the majority. And when I say the majority, I think of it as the group of people, the largest group of people who don't necessarily relate to the fitness standards, especially mm -hmm. in a landscape like New York City. Mm -hmm. Um here, fitness can sometimes feel like a status symbol. A lot of people look the same. A lot of people come from a very stable or strong, healthy socioeconomic background. Mm -hmm. It can sometimes feel more um, exclusive than, than inclusive. Absolutely. And Spike Spin is really to provide inclusivity to that space. And I do it through the lens of the majority, but also um, for people of color, mm -hmm. because they definitely have lacked the most resources to this access and this education. And for me, it's very important that we start to shift that narrative and we start to showcase that while I love, you know, a good status symbol, a good bag, a good whatever, I think certain certain parts of our lives particularly health and wellness, is something that shouldn't have those barriers. And Everyone so, should have access exactly. to Exactly. This. this is the one area where it's like, okay, I'm not a person who's all like, everyone deserves, you know, the same thing. Like, we yeah. work for certain things, and that's life. But when it comes to health, wellness, and fitness, it's like, at minimum, we all deserve to figure out how to be better yeah. in that realm. And so that's literally why Spike Spoon was created. And we all deserve to feel good. Period. Yes. Like, we all deserve that at some level. And it's, I actually loved hearing you explain that because I have been just like through my conversations with people of like saying who I'm interviewing, like, and my mom and husband, whatever. They're always asking, like, oh, who are your recordings with? And I've been saying you, and I'm like, oh, this, this woman, Brianna, like, we met at a panel, or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I don't really know how we're <laughs> friends, but we just connected. And she started, a spin studio. Remind me of the location in Brooklyn. It's in Bedside, Brooklyn. Bedside. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's in Bedside, and I was trying to think of the correct verbiage to use because yeah. I loved when you were talking about the concept of it originally yeah. on the panel. Yeah, I forget what question someone asked, 
Do you remember, like, someone said something about, like, oh, minorities or, like, yes, underserved, think, and you were yes. like, no, I'm yeah. not. Like, this isn't an under, like, a yeah. underprivileged community. Like, I think bedside. as soon as you say underserved, people associate it with, like, a nonprofit. Exactly. That's what you said. Yes. You were like, this isn't a fucking nonprofit. It's, it's a business. It's a business, but yeah. underserved doesn't always mean kind of, like, desolate and just nothing. It just means literally what I said. Like, there's no service yeah. of this in these areas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where these conversations are necessary because it goes to show the privilege of like, as soon as you hear underserved, you're just imagining people who don't even like have the financial means to do it. Or like it's these communities, there are people of all socioeconomic backgrounds. It's just that no one thinks of investing in them. Like they are predominantly charging what the same, a fraction of the cost. Definitely. So costs, the barriers for fitness right now, especially within communities of color and underserved communities um, are definitely cost mm-hmm. and access, meaning accessibility and location. Yeah. And so what our model model is, is to always be in these areas where they're not already saturated by a ton of different workout facilities. Yeah. And also to figure out how can we have competitive pricing models. Again, it is a business. So I, I do you realize that, yes, there has to be, you know, that. But it's definitely a fraction of some of the other studios that are in the city and elsewhere what is a class price a single class is 25 dollars. okay so yeah and then we have three pack five pack ten pack 20 pack and a membership and they go down incrementally depending on how many classes you buy and so that really is just to say like if you can drop in there's this and then we are always offering packages and promotions just so that we can be fair to the community Mm -hmm. but i loved how you said you're serving the majority because as much as we say minority 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 like majority of the people are feeling excluded by quote-unquote wellness and fitness. And And that's really sad because we've created that. I'm not saying it's sad that the majority feels excluded. It's sad that we've created that community. Exactly. And this is something I think about all the fucking time. And I I hope that this conversation, I say things that are PC in my own way. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is like I come from a very – white privileged community. Yeah. Like I grew up in Princeton, New Jersey. Yeah. There was probably, I, I literally think one black person in my grade. I went to <laughs> private school. Yeah. Like ridiculous looking yes. back on. Then I go to Lafayette College, which is, you could say diverse, but I mean, on my lacrosse team, every single girl was, I'm thinking, was everyone white? Yeah. Yes. For the most part, yes. Yeah. So I've been surrounded by predominantly white people. And I noticed recently I forget if this was before or after we had connected, but I was scrolling through my feed and I'm like, okay, every single person basically <laughs> on my feed is another white female that looks like me. Yes. And how the fuck am I going to learn anything <laughs> from all is, of these people that look exactly <laughs> like me? The thing is, that's not wrong, right? Like, we all are going to be attracted to naturally things that are familiar. Yes. However, I do love even just the fact that you are now aware of it. And it's something that even I'm aware of where I'm like, oh, my God, Cameron is so cool. Like we come from completely different backgrounds. But it just goes to show that when you remove kind of like the most basic level of things that divide us, which is like you're from a privileged white community. I'm from a black community of I've lived privileged and not privileged. So Mm -hmm. I've seen both sides. And it's like we still can find 
There's so much. There's so many other exactly. But my biggest issue with when I realized this was like, how am I ever going to learn other people's stories or perspectives that take up majority of the universe because I'm not technically the majority? Yeah, and connect with people and learn about what the hell is happening in this universe. And so I actually talked about it on my Instagram stories. Yeah, and I said like. I really want everyone's help in my community because I want to also encourage this because I don't have demographics on the race of my followers. Right. But from the people that DM me, I see the profile pictures. Majority are white. Yeah. And maybe they're dealing with the same thing and just not even noticing it. Yeah. And so I asked, like, who are people that you all follow that are either a different gender, mm-hmm. sexuality, mm-hmm. size, race, demographic, like anything, mm-hmm. give me their names. <laughs> and I put together a massive list. Oh my God. I and love shared that. it on my stories. Yeah. And it was like there were queer people that queer people, I can't say people. <gasps> there were trans, there were black, Asian, yes. like everything. Yes. And for the most part, I got incredible feedback. Yeah. But I also think this conversation makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It does. And so I did get some like... Spiked spin makes people uncomfortable. Like just be yeah, clear. I could when see, I say yeah. things like I created a brand for the majority, but especially through the lens for people of color. Mm-hmm. That is so off-putting, unfortunately. And it's like, but it I don't know be. why. It yeah, because be. I'm not saying exclusive. I'm saying there needs to be an emphasis only because for so long there's been nothing. Right. So it's like playing that game of catch-up for people of color. But also, to your point, you're also not the majority. Like, privileged white people no. is a very exclusive group, right? It's and I like what? Quote-unquote 1%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I we're like, not the majority. We're not. The majority of people don't feel seen. They don't feel like their body mm-hmm. is represented. They don't feel like they can afford it. They. This is not only only a black person thing or a Hispanic person thing or an Asian. It's like there are also white people who feel like this. And totally. I, I found this out because when I started Spiked Spin, just full transparency, I started it because I was going to all of these boutique classes in Manhattan. Mm-hmm which I still love. I think there's still a place for all of this. Of course. Um, And I would be the only black woman in the room. Yeah. And that's kind of where I started to notice, like, why is there no one else here? Mm -hmm. Where are the other body? Like, and I'm fit. So it's like, I still kind of fit into the image, even though I was black. It was like, okay, but you look like you You can fit in the one bucket of like body. Exactly. And so I started to think about that. That's where I created the brand. And then as I started to, teach more and expand more and have more conversations, people would come up to me like white women that Mm -hmm. were bigger and say like, oh, I also have not gone to those studios, but I feel so comfortable here. And then like Asians would come. And so I started to realize and like, we are all dealing with um, our differences in different Mm -hmm. ways and we just don't have the conversation. And I feel like that's what's special about Spiked where it's like, when you put it out there in such a bold way that you people have to face it and and realize like, hmm, I never thought about the fact that I don't work out because I don't want people to judge me in the gym because I'm bigger and everyone else is smaller or mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I don't have the newest workout clothes yeah. and everyone else does. Like all of those little things are barriers that I want to try to destigmatize and remove from this space. Otherwise, we're going to just continuously have people dying from preventable things that are like not yeah. necessary. So, And I so appreciate you doing that and also having the conversation and being open to having the conversation. Yeah, I appreciate you for having because like this is important to me to be able to talk to you. This is so important yes. to me. And I think that it's important to my audience whether they want to admit it or not. Like they, everyone should be having this conversation. Yeah. And 
I think the more we're, uh, fuck, sorry, just doing these new leggings. Um, the more that we're aware of this and actually acknowledging it, because mm-hmm. I think once I noticed it, and I forget what really sparked me noticing it, but once I noticed it, I started to look around. And now I walk into classes and I'm like, there's only white people here. <laughs> And at my events, honestly, it makes yeah. me kind of sad. Yeah. I'm like, it's majority white people. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely have people of different shapes and sizes, yeah. which I love. But it's, I wish it was less, and I don't know if this is the right way to say, but I wish it was less of a conscious effort. And I wish that, like, I know what you're saying. It just was. I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, the and I idealistic think that's the world future. that I think, I think the younger generation, like Gen Z, they are doing a great job yeah. of, I mean, they frustrate me with all of their emotions, but they do an amazing job mm-hmm. of really understanding people as just like human to human and finding that connectivity. Yeah. I think that it's so refreshing to see because unfortunately our generation, well, my generation, I'm 30 years old and older. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like we have to make a conscious effort. Yes. Like we do. It's, it's a conscious choice to say like, I'm okay with being the one black person in the room to bring some diversity or going into a room to your point and being feeling like, wow, there's no one here. How can we consciously create an environment without for making it be like, Oh, I'm inviting a black girl to yes. be the black girl. And that's, you know, how do I you never want that? that. I know. So then it's that it's that I know. fine line to I know. walk where you're like you want diversity but you don't want to be inviting people for the sole purpose of, <laughs> of like, like showing serving. that there's a diver- exactly. yes. Yeah. I honestly the one thing I will say again about why I love spiked is because okay, another thing is we're on class pass. Oh, you are? Yes. And this has been a game changer. If I lived for to your bedst I would come I, all I the know time. You would. I know you would. <laughs> um, one day but you I have will to just come ma- in for a class. One day just one day. Yes. But that brings such diversity to my studio. Interesting. Because I think it's a it's a form of discovery, right? So yeah. if people are not searching for it, they don't know that it exists. Class pass has allowed me to broaden my awareness, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And I get so many more people. And this is when I started to realize, like, to your point about how do we create this space unconsciously, like, I didn't yeah. go out and say, like, hey, white people, hey, Asians, yeah. hey, Indian, you know, like, everyone come else join. that's not black, this is for yeah. you, too. But when they come, they just feel welcome, mm-hmm. and they keep returning. And for me, that warms my heart, because here this little black girl is, I set out on this mission to, like, this is exactly what I wanted to see. I yeah. wanted us to be in one space, kind of, like with one agenda, which is just to sweat, just to have a good time working out. There's yeah. nothing bigger. You're not going to leave, you know, not changing your political party or your job or your, nothing else changes. It's just like for 45 minutes, let's just focus in on ourselves, mm-hmm. sweat together, be better when we leave. And it's the most beautiful thing to see people like discover us on this platform, not knowing they know that it's hip hop and then yeah. they come and then they come again. And then they're like, actually, can I just buy a single class? Can I buy a three pack? And I'm like, Yes, you yeah, want you to? Can. Like, you want to be a member? Yes. Yeah. That is when I'm like, okay, so there is space for it. It just has to be organic and inviting. And mm-hmm. I think it will happen. It is happening slowly. I think it will happen. Yeah. I think I just get down on myself sometimes when I think about my trajectory. And I, I would never critique my parent for any of this yes. because it was just they were where doing we what lived. Was best. Yeah. Yes. But 
you know, even now I moved to a very predominantly <laughs> white neighborhood. And it's just something that now I'm extremely conscious of. I think that the awesome thing about you, though, is that you come from privilege. Mm-hmm. So the things that you have had access to your entire life, yeah. you cannot fault your parents for. Like, people right. are working Which hard. Which is something I'm dealing with because yeah, I have a lot of guilt over it. And I've you, worked through therapy for yes, many like, I don't, years now. That's the conversation that I'm always trying to have. And I'm, I'm so yeah. happy we're having this conversation. But it's like, you cannot feel bad about what you have, right? Like, we all have mm-hmm. been given this life and made choices. And your parents and your family has made great choices. And we could argue so many different ways right. as to, like, how and why. How they were able to exactly. make choices, of course. But I think now the responsibility lies in, like, how are you able to share that privilege? And like mm-hmm. inviting me on your platform is a step, right? This is mm-hmm. an opportunity for me to get in front of an audience who most likely would not know about who True. I was. Yeah. And you and I, even you just connecting with me and us mm-hmm. forming the, our like Instagram yeah. DMs and like chat, it's like, this is a start already. It's mm-hmm. like me now being, having access to you, you having access to me, us being right. able to like tap each other in an organic way mm-hmm. that's not just like, hey, black girl, hey, my white friend. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I need like, one of you. Yes, exactly. it's, it's organic. And I think the more that you just like use your platform, you already have the platform, mm-hmm. you're doing it. It's You can't feel bad about your life because even like black people, there's, there's someone who lives, unfortunately, like, somewhere that they can't even think about a workout class because they have to prioritize eating and food and like paying for daycare. Like I Mm -hmm. understand that. And then there's a black person who lives as privileged as as you. Exactly. Privilege is across all races. It's across every race. And so we can't get into that place where we feel bad, but I do think we just need to consistently think about how can we share our, our access and Mm -hmm. our, you know, our resources. And something my parents have, I've had the conversation. I, I, I don't think I realized that I dealt with so much guilt over privilege until I quit my job and did this. And then there were obviously so many questions of like, how are you doing this? How, and like, I started to be like, well, uh, you know, I saved up all my b- bonuses from, yeah. and I made a really good living. Yeah. And then I started to notice like, okay, well, what allowed me to save my bonuses? I didn't have student debt. Right. And <laughs> what got me in a position to get that job at JP Morgan? I had an amazing education right. at a top liberal arts school. Right. And so it became clear to me that no matter how much work I put into the fact that I was able to set myself up for this, there are circumstances, circumstances that were just straight up privilege that allowed me to do that. Yes. (laughs) And it was very evident to me and I was very accepting of it, but it then became even more clear when like I get a lot of DMs, like, how are you able, like, you know, when I'm at my parents' house in Florida, it's like, well, how are why are you always in Florida? Like, so it became so evident to me. And I think for me, the only way to handle it was to be very like, hey, everyone, no shit, I'm privileged. Yes. I accept that. I'm aware of yes. it. But what can I do with it? I think that what you just said is hitting the nail on the head. Like I even go to so many panels and even listening to how I built this or like different things. Yes. They'll be like, oh, well, I started my business by borrowing, you know, 200000 out of my husband's yeah. check checking account it wasn't even like we drained our savings it's like oh this was just sitting in our checking account and I you know purchased called my dad who owns this building and I had my exactly and so like with no acknowledgement they don't realize and 
when I when someone who really doesn't have that privilege hears it, and that's why like I'm just glad that you're saying it. Yeah. So just to hear and acknowledge like there were some things that worked in your favor in a way totally. that like you shouldn't feel bad about, but you definitely should own. Because when you just make it seem like, I don't know how all these things fell yeah, into oh, place. I just quit my job and I was <laughs> able to. Like, That's when everyone else is like, what? Really, girl? Well, I even feel that way <laughs> listening to certain things. I'm like, not like check yourself, but you have to be, like you're, you have to realize reality. Yes. And face it. Yes. And... Yeah, it's just been such an eye-opening experience just through Instagram because you notice a lot of the people who are doing this full-time, for instance, in the influencer space are white. Yeah. And you wonder why. <laughs> you have to be, like, it's you a lot of privilege. Able to, yes. You have to be able to cut yes. a paycheck <laughs> and the hope to make money without know. really knowing whether you're going I know, to. I know, I oh, know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, so can you tell us about the idea of Spike Spin, I know how you like came up with the idea, but how did it actually form into the studio that you now are fully running full time? So I actually had an amazing opportunity where I just wanted to do like a pop up. I didn't know that I wanted it to be a full business. So mm-hmm. my background is in digital advertising. I've always worked in digital since graduating from college and I loved my job. Yeah. I loved what I was doing. I just wanted to do something else, kind of like, oh, this is my side hustle. And then as I, I just started teaching these classes. So, so sorry. Yes. Were you, were you always into spin? I was always into fitness. Okay. And then working in digital advertising, the benefit of it was like, even on an entry level salary, we still got to do all these cool things with our reps. So if you work in the ad industry, you know all about like being taken out and blah, blah, blah. And this kind of fell into that bucket. So instead of always going to like the best restaurants, which I also did, Mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, can we? Yeah. Like, it's almost like a cheat code. If you, for those of you who are listening and want to like come to New York and don't know how to get in, I would say advertising is a great strategy because you learn so much about business, but also when you're entry level, you don't make a lot of money, but you live like you're literally just like, yeah. you live like you have so much money because you're constantly being taken out to dinners and shopping. And again, this is years ago because I've been in the industry for about 10 years. But um, so I would go to these classes. That Got was it. when I was introduced to boutique fitness. And okay. that was when I started to have the realization of like, these classes are about $50 a pop. Yeah, I'm going four and five times a week, which I could never afford on an entry level salary in digital advertising. Like, you, it's unheard of. Um, it's hard for anyone to afford. Well, correct. Also, people are like, how do you get to go to all these classes all the time? And I'm like, hello, I do not pay for a lot of the classes I'm going to, Same, people. But that happens later. But those are the things that like people don't always show. It's yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, it's like the people who don't need the perks get, get the, the most perks. The rich people get richer. Yeah. Um. So that's a thing too. But yeah, so that's how it started. And then... I became obsessed with cycling. Like I was okay. spinning crazy. That was my like drug of choice. I'm yeah. like, can we go to a spin class? Can we go to a spin class? Mm-hmm. And then I got so good. An instructor came to me and was like, have you ever thought about being an instructor? And I was like, I've toyed with it, but it's kind of like just something in my brain that like, how the heck would I do this? Yeah. Like I've already, I'm on this career path and I know my goals and dreams and I want to, ha- I want to create some type of privilege for my kids. Like yeah. I need money. So I don't think that's where I'm going to go with this. And then she was like, well, take my email in case you think about it. And that night I emailed her just kind of like, hey, what, so what would this look like? Yeah. 
Um, and so she gave me the program. I looked it up and they had a class that weekend to become certified. And they don't have it every weekend in New York. Like they're in others. They go what like, it's um, Schwinn it? certification. Okay. And they don't have it every weekend, but they had it in New York that weekend. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't know, $150, $200 or something like that. And I was like, I'm going to just do it and just see what happens. So I was just like yeah. on this little journey where at first I was like, I'm not even going to take her email. I took her email. I'm not going to email her. I emailed her. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm doing it this I get weekend. To, I do it this weekend. Um, and so I emailed her like the following weekend. I'm like, FYI, just want to let you know I got certified last weekend. <laughs> and, you know, what would be next? And she's like, well, you need work experience. So this is, it's kind of like for every entry level job where like, you need work experience to get it, but no one wants to hire you to get the work experience. Yeah. So like, what does one what, do? What, how do you do that? This is where I feel like things have consistently fallen into place with me on this journey. She just vouched for me. I never, I have never auditioned for wow. a cycling gig. She literally has just emailed people and been like, hire her. So I just started working. Like, this woman's amazing. She's like my fairy godmother. Yeah. Um, and I literally started teaching. I was teaching for a little bit, um, maybe about a year on the side and same thing just teaching the same type of people I taught at a luxury building up on 59th street Mm -hmm. um very privileged very beautiful state-of-the-art facility but of course I'm teaching the people who live in the building so Mm -hmm. you know privileged white women um and it was fun like this is the thing spin is fun but I started to find myself doing things that weren't innate to me. So I'm like, what's the music you want to listen to? Like, yeah. it were it was the things that didn't li- literally just wasn't my realm. I'm like, I don't know this song. I got to download this new mm-hmm. track that these women love and like that disconnect. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to teach a class to my friends, music I like. I send an email out to everyone. And a gym downtown literally was like, oh, yeah, you just want to come like use our facility. We'll charge you X amount for the hour. Yeah. Sure. I was like, really? Okay, cool. I have the class. All my friends come, some of my families, some some of my coworkers. Like, it was just a random thing. Yeah. And then so many people were D- DMing me like, I didn't get to come to your last one. It sold out so quickly. Can you do another one? I do a second one. And then it just And the third one. Out. And then I'm like doing twice a week. And then I'm doing four times a week. And then there are people who I've never met. They're not my friends anymore. Yeah. They're not my coworkers. They're not my family. These are complete strangers. And I'm like, uh. Oh, Okay. I've got something I have here. Something's going on here. And then literally from that, I stayed in that studio for three years until they were like basically kicking me out. They were like, girl, this yeah. is not what we agreed to. Like you are a direct competitor at this point. Like, Of course. Their yeah. gym members <laughs> were wanting to pay separately to yeah. take my classes. And they never said like you need to go. Frankly, like, it became clear, but they were giving me hours like you can teach at 9 p.m. I'm like, no one is coming to yeah. or like 6 a.m. Like just ridiculous times. And I was like, I hear, I hear you guys like, yeah. it's fine. And I think, though, I also started to become too comfortable. Like mm-hmm. maybe in year one is when I started to get serious about like, this is what I'm doing with this business. This is the need. These are the people I want to serve. This is the mission. Um but I had gotten so comfortable at balancing my full time and I started like the mission was there, but it was just kind of like dwindling because I was yeah. doing so much. I was doing my job. I was teaching. And and I think them pushing me out was that extra push that I needed to be like, you have a goal mm-hmm. and like, don't get so comfortable with this that you feel like you've reached it. And that's when I started to look for the brick and mortar. So after you found the brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. How long did that transition take to then actually open Spike's Men? So I signed the lease for the brick and mortar in May 2019, 
We opened in November 2019. The store was an old deli that was there for 25 years. So they had to do a complete... I know. When I walked into the space, first of all, it's prime location in Brooklyn. It's right off of the subway. It's on Fulton and Franklin and Bed-Stuy. What subway line? The C train. Okay. Oh, Uh, easy for me. Yeah. It's right off the C train. And then the A train is like two blocks down. My friend lives in Bed-Stuy. Here we go. I know. So we're doing this. Um, But... It's literally like two steps from the train. So I w- that was very important to me. I was thinking about like, what are things that people hate when it's cold? We live in New York. So like yeah. in the summer, it's fine. But people hate to walk 20 minutes from the subway, like things like that. And so I was like, this is it. And I knew the price I was not going to be able to afford. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Again, everything works in my favor for some reason because I'm meant to be doing this. And I got it. And I had to have the vision. Like I took my husband and he was like, oh, I don't see it right now. Because <laughs> it was literally like an old deli. Like if you live in New York City or if you don't, I'll try to explain it. But it's like. It's narrow. It's narrow. It? If you, it appears narrow yeah. when you're in a deli because they have like huge refrigeration. And then they have their huge counter where they're like making sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And then the entire center is like potato chips and like snacks. Yeah. And so everyone else was like, Brie. Uh, do you see it? I'm like, yeah. I see it. Like, this is spiked. Um, and so then they like got renovated it, white boxed it. We built it out to the space that it currently is. And it's beautiful. Like, I'm so proud of it. Every time people come there, like, we've not seen a cycling studio like this. And I'm like, that's why it's spiked. Yeah, we have different. that flavor. That's what we're all about. We didn't want to recreate what exists. We mm-hmm. wanted to do it our way. And how many studios are is it one spin studio? it's one studio it's an open floor pan, floor plan which is always shocking to people because like when you walk in it's the lobby but then if you go back a little bit more the studio is open oh, right and it's there. a glass glass backdrop behind the reception so you can see straight into the studio oh, that's cool it's so beautiful um and i hope that i can keep all of the locations in a similar format i never want to go into the like enclosed space mm-hmm. there's something like special about feeling that energy and it's something that like I go back and forth about because everyone is used to a certain format and in business people like to replicate a format that they know works Mm -hmm. it's always risky and you know to just kind of like take these chances but I go with my gut and it works but I also think it shows the meaning Mm -hmm. behind spiked because Mm -hmm. it's the inclusivity the openness and like the come on in you're right there with me it's not like let's all go behind this closed door and not see anyone exactly it feels like home like every time people come in they're like i just want to hang and i'm like yeah that's what we want we want you to feel like this is a space for you we try not to be so stringent on like the rules you know like Mm -hmm. we we want to eliminate that as much as we can in the studio and how many instructors we have Seven instructors now. Wow. Yeah. We started off with four. We had two new ones, and then we have just hired another one. And are you still instructing? I am a sub. So I try not to instruct anymore ever. (laughs) Like, I don't want to, unless it's very special, but... I, I will pop in. Yeah. I When I'm not doing it, I miss it. And then when I am doing it, I'm like, I need to get back to growing the business. But I want to be able to scale. Of course. I'm thinking about like pitching investors. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at, finding, I'm about to ask. What, wait, pitching investors, we have to talk because I can okay. hopefully assist with that okay. off air. But what are next steps for Spike? So for me, the next steps, my goals in 2020 are to open two additional locations okay. this year. That is like a very lofty goal. 
because the first location was completely funded by myself and my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the cycling studio, it's a lot of upfront costs. So you can make the money back, but everything is upfront. So it's like some studios and some type of, some types of facilities you can like, add mats later you know, later like you can yeah. get the space and then like use it however with cycling it's like you need the bikes um and as I mentioned before we want to extend beyond cycling but I want at least two additional cycling studios before we introduce any other type of mm-hmm. workout um and so that is my within New York no I want to have one in New York and I want one on the west coast this year Let's that is go girl from my lips to you guys' ears, if you want to invest, like I'm just kidding. No, seriously. Um, no, but seriously, that is my goal. <laughs> no, <we're> really. <laughs> no, but only. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm doing the work, so that's where my head is, which is why I don't want to be in the studio because you can't be if you want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I also think, and now what was I even about to say? We were talking about investors. Yeah, but, and I have things on that, but. <laughs> Don't you worry. I've got your rack. But with the growth, like I do think there's such a need for more of this. And I and I don't want this to sound like shade thrown at other boutique fitness because I don't think, you know, I think there are certain boutique yeah. fitness studios that are really just like focused on one demographic. Yes. But I also think that others, it's just become the norm of like what's happening around us. Yes. And you don't necessarily notice. Yes. And if you're maybe part of this demographic, you're forgetting about a demographic that necessarily isn't being given the same options. Yes. And that happens to all of us. Yeah. You forget about what you don't see. Yes. That's what I always try to explain to my friends. It's like, even in doing this, there are so many brands that people are like, They've not heard of this, and I'm like underserved. That's yeah. a true statement. It's it's like so many things, even for me, because and I had to come to this realization myself. It's a form of privilege, even for me, where like I live mm-hmm. in this bubble of advertising. I work with so many privileged people, like Cameron. You're yeah. my coworker. You know, like yeah. this is someone. You're the type of woman that I worked. I've worked with for the past ten years, and so. I've gotten to do all of these cool things. I live in this bubble. My husband works in finance. Mm -hmm. It's like we live in a very particular bubble and there are still so many people who don't even relate to those things. And those are the people that I consistently am like trying to reach. And so even when I get asked like, what's your dream cover? I'm like, would I want to be on women's health? Yes. But I want to be on like the cover of complex Mm -hmm. or like the cover of just wired, like things that are reaching people who are not already looking for fitness. If you're look if you're picking up women's health, like you're already you're, yeah. of course you're going to come take spike. Mm-hmm. But it's like what about the person who's never going to pick that up or who's never thought of it? You this know, this is like, like right now what I'm trying to do in the sense of growing the podcast. The best way to grow your podcast is to be a guest on other people's podcasts yeah. because you're tapping into their market. Yep. And so I've been brainstorming of like what shows do I want to be on? Yep. And I'm really thinking about it as like, sure, I could go on another health and wellness influencers podcast, but I'm probably tapping a very similar demographic. Maybe I'll get a few people, but like they probably would have heard of me through another one. I want to reach like a totally different demographic and finding those types of shows that tap into other people that I don't already have a reach into. Yes. And I also think it's, again, you don't know what you don't know. And this is what I was going to say, how you were saying your friends are maybe like, they don't know about that. That happens to me 
on both ends where even like a generational thing. And, you know, I was, I taught a class on empathy with a, um, a school from the Bronx in, with Facebook. And they asked me, they were like, you know, I was one of the few white people in the room Mm -hmm. and they were like, well, don't you know, I I even forget the rapper's name. (laughs) And I was like, no, I have no idea who you're talking about. And right. they made me feel so fucking dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're, this probably isn't even a race yes. thing. You're 13. I know. Like, I have no idea what you're talking that about. That also is an age like, thing, yes. The apps you're using, yes. the words you're saying, yes. I have no clue. Correct. So I think it's like always trying to learn from people other than you. And yes. it doesn't necessarily, yes, it's great if it's a different race or gender or demographic, but also age. Yes. Like learning from younger people and older people. My younger brothers, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Like even I tried to make a TikTok and oh it looked- Oh my God. I'm on TikTok. It is a joke. Mine are terrible. My brother Mine was like, so you just don't get it. Like- my little sister, <laughs> like she's not on it because she's in that middle generation where they don't love TikTok, uh-huh. but she- Whatever. And she's just like, you are such a How fucking old she? loser. She's 23. Oh, yeah. So she's, my brothers she's are 14 middle. and 16. Yeah, so they're on it. They're, and they're on obsessed. it. And then we're like, we kind of missed it. But she's in that like. She's like, Kimmy, why I the know. hell did you yeah. even try to be one of the kids? Like, get <laughs> off of it. She won't download. Like, oh, yeah. I can't figure it out, honestly. Like, I love dancing and stuff, yes. but I can't dance I, for a camera. Like, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. It's not for me, that. but I like to watch them. I consume the shit out of it because now my whole feed is dogs and I love it. But Love that's it. a great point. It's like you don't know what you don't know. And we yeah. can't feel bad about it, but we also have to consistently find ways to learn. Of course. And think about new things. And I think you're doing that and you're providing a space for others to do the same, which is amazing. Yeah. What would you say your favorite characteristic is about yourself? I think my favorite characteristic about myself is that I am a self-starter and I am... Mentally strong. Yeah. Yeah. You the give two go off together. a very strong vibe in an amazing Ooh, way. Thank you. <laughs> Not in like a yeah. offsetting. Yeah. Like you just seem like a strong person. Yeah. It has worked in my favor. Sometimes it's one of those traits that you have to learn to be proud of because. Yeah. I feel the same way. I, I feel that from you. Like mm-hmm. I think that is literally what drew me to you. Like even though there were other women on the panel who were great, it was like something about you that felt familiar. Mm-hmm. It's like. You're young, you're beautiful, you are strong, you're independent, you're not making excuses, you're not like, but you're still empathetic, you still get it, you still want to be better. Because being strong can also sometimes be so synonymous with like harsh or off-putting or a bitch. Um, And And it's not that. For so long, I think I was misconceived as that. Like, I talk about this a lot my biggest fear, not biggest fear, but like, I always feel like these people are going to come forward and be like, Freckle Foodie's fooling you all. She's a fucking bitch. Like I grew up with her because growing up, I was definitely like, um, quote unquote mean girl, but I wasn't, yes, I definitely did things that like I would take back. However, as we all, I think a lot of it was just a misconception of my personality. Yes. And because I speak my mind and I know what I want and I'm a very just matter of fact person it's not like the goody two shoes smile yes. and say you're sorry. Type I'm right of there girl. with you. Mm-hmm. 
And I've learned to kind of lean in a little bit to my emotions way more recently. And Mm -hmm. I definitely think I'm a more empathetic person. I don't think that I always was nearly as empathetic. Yeah. But I also think I've just figured out a way of how to handle my strengths that are being a strong woman and knowing what I want and opinionated. I think 1000% everything you just said. It's like, that's why I said it's one of those traits that I had to learn to appreciate because growing up and even sometimes now I am working through like not minimizing myself because I went through a phase where like I can recall I was always called bossy. Like when I was young, I was the one who was like, you're so bossy or you're so like, and I always associated that negatively with my personality. And I would then I realized I started to like says boss. Yeah, <laughs> I need that. I started to like link. pull in, you know, yeah. and I would not want people to think that about me. So then I would be too far the other way that it wasn't authentic yeah. to me. And I'm like, now when I walk into a space, it's like, it doesn't mean that I'm not empathetic. It doesn't mean that I don't love you and I don't lead with my emotions. I have all of those things, but mm-hmm. it, but you I, know what you want. But I know what I want, my and I don't want to like, apologize. I know for what it. I want. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would I waste time? That literally, that is where I am. I'm like, why are we using 300 words to uh, get to the three the that you want to say? The phone call. You know what you're calling me. Sentence email. <laughs> why universe? Yes. Quit the shit. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you work in any type of industry and you set up a phone call to just talk, like shoot the shit for an hour, no one has time for that. You know what you want. Let's get to it. My my sisters. <laughs> I many people have told me that I'm a mean person over text, <laughs> so- but. I know, like, I, I just say, like, what, yes or no, or okay. Cameron, I literally, I have gotten into so many, like, not arguments, but when I text people, I'm just like, hey, are we still good for blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It's not like, hi, how are be, you? It, so then I tried to be more like that, and then I was like, I just sound like a loser. This feels weird. Yes. Uh, okay, not a I'm loser, glad. but whatever. But my one friend is like, for years, she used to always ask me, are you mad at me? And I'm like, Danielle. You will know if I am mad at you. So don't ever you. ask me that Just question again. Just tell me again. if you're ready for drinks or not. Yeah. Like, yes. Now she's finally stopped. Yes. I love you, Danielle, if you're listening to Um, I will also say, no, your skin is flawless. Oh, my God. No, I... No, yeah, it is. That, that is one of my favorite traits of you. Literally, first of all, you're stunningly gorgeous, but your skin, Thank I cannot you. get over. Do you have a very intense regimen? I really to don't, know. to be honest. Okay. I was using, I don't even want to say the brand because I don't know if it's bothering my skin. Okay. But as of the last six months, I've literally just been washing my face with Dove soap and Aquaphor. That's it. And drinking water. It's so not fair. (laughs) Everyone asks me if I have a regimen, but I'm not You don't have one wrinkle on your forehead. Not one. (laughs) Literally not one. And I smile a lot, so I do have deep laugh lines, which is something that like... I always know. Like no, when I not. see my face, I'm like, oh my God, these are going to get crazy. But no. well, I smile with smiling. all of my teeth. And well, that's good. You live life to the fullest. Exactly. To close, I always bring it back to food. Okay. What would be the three ways to your heart through food? Mm. Like the meal choices or just- It could just- be anything. It could, like literally people take this answer in so many different directions. So I don't even want to steer you. Because I love just hearing how people interpret it. But I can steer you if you need. Steer me a little. Okay, so it could be very specific, like okay. this exact meal okay. from this restaurant. Okay. It could be a genre of food. Okay. It could be an experience. Like okay. People have literally done anything. The way to my heart would definitely be eating a picnic style outdoors. 
Interesting. Um, and I would like to have avocado toast. Yeah. I would love to have chocolate covered strawberries. Yum. I would love to have wine. And that's it. That's That would be my perfect day of like eating. And I know that sounds so basic, but I feel like I consume so many lavish like chicken parm and like yeah. all these things. But like this is the core of who I am. The simplest most laid back kind of things yep. are really the way to my heart. I have not had chocolate covered strawberry in so damn long. I had it for Valentine's. So every year, I that's my one request. Like, I don't need a gift. Yeah. I need Godiva strawberry, chocolate covered strawberries. And this year, I got two boxes and I ate every single one of them. I have not had those in so long. The last time I had those, actually, I'm now having a flashback, was at my friend's wedding. <laughs> and if anyone's listening who is throwing a wedding, just think about, <laughs> just think for dessert. Maybe throwing one gluten-free option in there for yes. people who are gluten-free because I'm a dessert fiend and I'm gluten-free and at majority of weddings, Very there true. is not one option and it breaks my heart That's because really I look forward, point. I bring a chocolate bar in my purse to every wedding because I look forward to dessert so much and I rarely can have it or I'm like shoveling the icing off of a cake and I don't even like icing. I don't either. I, I'm not a sweets person except ice cream. Same, favorite food. Yeah. But- I, one time at my friend's wedding, they brought around cake and I said, do you have any gluten-free like other, because you know, sometimes they have like in the back things, you, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to be a snob. <laughs> and he's like, well, we have chocolate covered strawberries. And I was like, yeah, sure. And he brought me out a plate of like maybe 15, like thinking the table would share. And I just was in the corner devouring It's them. literally like <laughs> the thing so that good. you don't have often. Like yeah. no one just... Has chocolate think covered strawberries? Good edible arrangements That's used what to be. I'm yeah. Oh so like, God. if you surprise me with a cute picnic date, I love. First of all, I just love being outdoors because I just feel like it's closest to like everything great. I do too. I love being outdoors. Yes, it's my biggest issue with New York. Same. Because we so, have to spend money to spend time outside. You, you, we're there. Makes me so angry. That delicious avocado toast. Because that's like literally my weakness right now. It could also be this phase that I'm in where it's like I cannot get enough. No, I love it. And I always want like something a little sweet after something savory. So I, that's why I would have my chocolate. And I would have to have wine. Like, yeah. Food. Is wine a food? Yeah. <laughs> no, in my meals, they all have a specific drink that okay. goes with it. So totally. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much. To Amen. make sure that everyone is in the know with everything. Can you, it'll all be in the show notes. But your Instagram, should we follow Spike Spin? Yeah, you can follow at Spiked Spin, S-P-I-K-E-D-S-P-I-N. And you can definitely connect with me personally yeah. at Brie.Monet, B-R-I dot M-O-N-E-E. Is Monet your middle name? Yes. I was wondering that. Well, thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm so happy that I have you this as like awesome. a very fast friend. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.